Sharp in the Square, episode 36 with Mr. Justin Santu, the Sharp, who is off a monster, monster weekend. Congratulations, sir. It was a good weekend for you. It was. We hit on Colin Morikawa, gave him out on Tuesday. That's three winners and five golf tournaments we've broken down on the pod. And uh, I, I told you whenever we recorded Friday night, Saturday morning, that I loved the Saturday college basketball card. I thought I had a ton of value on it. And, um, you know, sometimes you hate your card and you have a good day. Sometimes you love your card and you have a bad day. Um, when you love your card and have a good day, it's a really good, really good feeling. So Saturday was a lot of fun. Um, and then backed it up Sunday with a, with a Maury God victory. And I am, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good <laughs> heading into this week. Let's first talk about the PGA tour. Cause it was a really fun weekend. Yeah. Um, a great tournament. Uh, Kyle Morikawa played unbelievably this weekend. And you said it on Tuesday when we broke it down. If he goes net neutral with the putter, he's just so much better at everyone else with his irons that, you know, he's going to he's going to win a lot of tournaments. And he had a three stroke lead pretty much the entire final round and did not shake, did not falter. Um, he had a great round. He was three under in the final round. Um, you know, Brooks Kepka and Vic Hovland, uh, Billy Horschel right behind him at with three back at 15 under. Um, so what was your impressions of, I don't know, this, this tournament as a whole and the guys who were right there on the top of the leaderboard? Yeah. Um, so I felt I had it pegged. Turned out I had it pegged. Um, it was a big boy golf course. Superstars are going to win here. It was superstars that were in contention all the way throughout. I mean, there was never really a time where you felt like, like a non-star was going to be in the mix. Maybe Cam Smith waking up Saturday morning, but that was really it. Um, Colin Morikawa, we talked about his putting. He's a really interesting character where when he's playing well and he starts to see some putts go in, his confidence grows on the putting greens. And mm -hmm. he he actually lost a stroke putting on Thursday, despite, I think, leading the field in strokes gained approach on Thursday. Uh, he missed a bunch of, like, close ones. And I was sitting there like, this motherfucker is going to do it again. He's going to he's going to gain a billion shots on approach. He's going to hit everything in tight and then miss every putt, and I'm going to be losing my mind. Yeah. Uh, so I had to call him up Thursday night. Yeah. Let him know. On horn. Yeah. Let him know. Hey, Colin, uh, not all of us have this, this God given um, ability to hit the ball within like 10 feet of the hole. Um, you do. So you better start making the putts. And he listened, he listened and he actually ended up gaining three or four strokes putting on the uh -huh. week. And like, if he gains three strokes putting, he's not losing the golf tournament. It's like the Justin Thomas rule. You're so good when he's so good with his irons, when he makes putts, he wins like, no, no question about it. And Morikawa is in that realm, and Victor Hovland is rapidly approaching that 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 realm as well. Um, it was a fun golf tournament, man. Really good golfers, and I think I think this tournament more than any of the previous ones over the last uh, calendar year, and we've had a lot of really good ones. Um, this was the golf tournament where I think Morikawa and Hovland really said, "Hey, we are not just the future anymore." Were the present. Those two are two of the top 10 players in the world. They yeah. are. Hands down. And right. I, I really enjoy watching Hovland, especially. Um, obviously, more Kyle, but Hovland, um, he's just a class act out there. He always looks like he's having fun. Um, you know, he he on, I think it was, was it his Friday round or his Saturday round? Round three or round, round two or round three, where he had seven birdies heading into 18 and he quadruple bogeyed the hole. Just absolutely brutal stuff. And he was able to smile about it and give a good interview afterwards. And, you know, I tip my cap to the guy. And it's a shame he lost by three strokes. 
Um, as you mentioned, he also had a couple ridiculous chip-ins that um, saved him. But uh, like you said, he is the present, and so is Colin Morikawa. And these are guys who are 24 years old, 23 years old. So it's pretty impressive to see. It's it's really impressive. And, yeah, I mean, for Hovland to quadruple bogey that hole on Friday to basically take himself out of contention for the time being and then to come back Saturday and just Saturday and Sunday to, to base to, to – honestly lapped the field tee to green, which is what he did. Yep. Uh, just remarkable. Um, if you can find him at 40 to one to win any of the majors, like do it. Cause this guy is a stone cold killer. He's the best ball striker on the planet right now. Like he's, he drives it far. He hits it tight. Like the way Hovland's playing is what, what Rory McIlroy was when he was at his peak. Like it's, it's really incredible stuff what's going on. So yeah, I wish we could be on him this week, but the books are a little, uh, a little too wired into the to the Hovland surge. No, no doubt about that. And then you also had uh, Brooks Kepka and Billy Horschel on your card this week, and they finished tied for second. So you had a lot of guys right up at the top. And our boy Brooks really played well, despite it looked like he was battling a neck injury throughout. Again, he was constantly rolling his neck out, and but he still played well. And Billy Horschel too, who was a hundred to one, finished tied for second. Yeah, Billy, it was a great golf course for Billy Horschel because, um, one, he's a fantastic putter on Bermuda grass, um, and he he's long. So, like, we think about Bermuda specialists, we think about, like, Kevin Kisner, Webb Simpson, Zach Johnson. Those guys are all bunters. Like, Billy Horschel's not a bunter. Like, he can, he can actually push it out there, which is why the fact that this was a long Bermuda course in his home state of Florida, it just made a lot of sense for him. And then it turned into a thinking man's golf course, and he's, like – He's a psycho out there, so he's really wired in. Like, unlike DJ or Brooks that are just like, all right, like, loosey-goosey, going to hit it. Like, he is wired in, thinking about every shot, what's the worst-case scenario, what's the best-case scenario. So it just turned into a really good spot for him. And then Brooks Koepka's a killer. He's going to win – I think he's going to win a major this year. I think he's going to win two. He might win three. He may win four. Like, he is – he's a badass. He's healthy. He's playing fantastic golf. And um, I just wouldn't want to be in his way because – I. Bruce Kefka right now is zeroing in on the Masters. That is his goal. That's all he wants to do. He didn't care about winning this golf tournament. I mean, he, he cares about winning, but like in the grand scheme of things, he just wants to be playing fantastic golf heading into Augusta because the, his dream, you could just tell. He just wants to be wearing the green jacket. He wants DJ to be putting the green jacket on him. And um, he is trending in the right direction, let me tell you. <laughs> So a good weekend on the PGA Tour. Also a very good weekend for you, college basketball, which we'll transition into now before we break down tonight's card. There's a couple of good games tonight. Um, just quickly going over Saturday's slate, you know, you had Kansas correct. They took down Baylor, handed them their first loss. Um, some other interesting games, Illinois beat Wisconsin on the road. Uh, Wisconsin uh, was led by Demetri Tracer at 29, not enough. Uh, Illinois was playing without Io DeSumo. Um, so that was a big win for the Fighting Illini bouncing back there. Um, Michigan beat Indiana. No surprise there. They smoked them. Um, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. That was a game we were head-to-head -head on. And it's a game that we will talk about more later because they play again tonight. So we will we have a play on that. Um, you were big on Oklahoma. I was big on Oklahoma State. It was a great game. It went to overtime. Oklahoma State was able to win in overtime. Cade Cunningham had 40 points for Oklahoma State. Um Alabama, I gave out as a play, minus five. They pushed. They beat Mississippi State 64 to 59. Uh, Justin was all over North Carolina. They beat Florida State 78 to 70. I was on the other side of that one. That was another loser for me. 
Um, Texas, Texas Tech, we liked Texas Tech. Texas Tech was able to get it done. They won by nine at home. Um, just a very good weekend. Uh, LSU, we didn't have right. We, we, and you're usually really good with LSU, um, as you mentioned. I think you were like nine and one betting on LSU or against them this year, and they lost. I was eight and two, but that was fucking bullshit, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it was bullshit. I know. Tell, tell, tell everyone why. LSU ranks top 50 in the country in free throw rate and top 100 in the country in opposing free throw rate, which basically means every single game they shoot more free throws than their opponent. The second half was a fucking disaster. Um, Arkansas was in the double bonus before they had, only, before they had even committed a foul. Um, they ended up having 31 free throws compared to LSU's 12. Just ridiculous stuff. And LSU still only lost by eight. Just ridiculous horseshit stuff. Um, so I hate I hate losing games like that. Like that's just ridiculous. I hate that. Yeah. Like that's I mean it happens. Yeah, that happens. That happens. It happens. Um Xavier beat Creighton. Um had that. Auburn beat Tennessee. We weren't on that game either way, yeah. but Auburn at home outright over Tennessee. Louisville over um, Duke. Louisville over Duke. That was one we both really liked. Uh that they were getting points and they won outright. Um, so it was just an overall really good weekend. And Justin, as he said, he, he really saw the card clearly this weekend and it paid off because I think, what, what did you finish? 11 and four on Saturday, 11 and four on Saturday and, uh, two and one on Sunday for a 13 and five weekend plus Morikawa. So yeah, really, really fun, really fun weekend, really fun weekend. So we're going to keep it rolling into this week, new month. Um, so it was a really good February for both of us. So we're going to try to keep it rolling into March. I'm on a bit of a cold streak right now. I've definitely uh, cooled down, but that's all right. I'm, I still have confidence in my plays every night. So let's get into tonight's games. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. It's the best game of the night. They played on Saturday. Now they go to Oklahoma State. They were in Norman on Saturday. Now they travel to Stillwater. Um, Oklahoma State, a one-and-a-half point home dog. And Justin, I think you like the zigzag spot here. We often talk about zigzag and you're going to, you were on Oklahoma in the last game. They didn't cover for you, but I think you're going to go right back to the Sooners well here um, on the road at Oklahoma state. Yeah, I am. Um, Oklahoma is one of the best teams in the country defending, um, defending the paint, defending inside and Oklahoma state shot 22 of 40 from two point range against them, which is just, I don't want to say fluky, but, it's just kind of an anomaly from what Oklahoma has been doing defensively all season. Uh, Cade Cunningham went for 40. Like you have to assume that they'll find a way to stop him from going for 40. And I just, I don't think Oklahoma gets swept. Um, I like him at the small number. I think it should be, I mean, I think the number is probably right. Like, I mean, the, the books can't have that kind of liability on Oklahoma state. They just went out right on the road, but it feels like a really good zigzag spot. Game one in overtime could have gone either way. Game one, um, I think it could go either way game two, uh, but I just, it feels, feels like Oklahoma is in a good position to go, go get a win. Um, I don't, and I, I mean, as good as Oklahoma state is, as good as Cade Cunningham is, and he's the real deal. I just, I think Oklahoma is the better team. I think they're more balanced um, with a few more weapons. And I think that Lon Kruger will be able to adjust the game plan um, for tonight. So I, I love it. I mean, this is when we talk zigzag spots, this is, this is, premier zigzag spot. This is what we talk about, you know, uh, loss in overtime in a close game could have gone either way, come back. Now, now take the other side with a little bit of an in, inherent edge. So yeah, I'm, I'm liking Oklahoma tonight. I'm with you there. Um, 
I think it's a, like you said, perfect zigzag spot and, you know, good, good opportunity here for the Sooners to get one back after that, you know, tough loss in OT at home. Um, okay. UNC at Syracuse, Syracuse, a one and a half point home dog. You like the Tar Heels here, another small road dog. Yes, Matt. Um, RIP Syracuse. Yep. I think that they're done. Uh, stick a fork in them. They're kaputs. Um, North Carolina is going to obliterate them on the glass. They're going to obliterate them in the paint. And the only way that that North Carolina is in trouble tonight is if Syracuse is red hot from the outside. And I mean, which is certainly possible. Like, I don't want to say that that's like not going to happen because it is definitely on the table, but North Carolina is a lot better. They just beat Florida State, so they have to be flying high, feeling great about themselves. Um, you can't lose this game. You just beat Florida State. You got to back it up by beating Syracuse if you want to stay on the right side of the bubble. Um, I just I think that North Carolina has seen the two three zone before. They beat Syracuse pretty easily already this season. Um, they're not great shooting the three, but they've been better recently because they've been just letting um, they've been letting. Uh, what's his name? Um, Kerwin Walton play a ton and he's just a fantastic three point shooter. And then with all the size inside, and I just, I think UNC dominates on the glass. I think they dominate in the paint. I think they score a lot of second chance points. It just, and I think Syracuse is dead. Um, I think they're, they're dead men walking right now. And I, I think UNC's playing with all the confidence in the world coming off that awesome come from behind win over Florida state, who I think has final four potential. So um, yeah. Yeah, I love the Tar Heels. I love betting with Roy Williams. I think he's a fantastic basketball coach. Just won his 900th career game. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many more ways I can say it. I love UNC tonight. Uh, I hate um, road road teams, road small favorites. But, like, at this point in the season, like, I, I think motivation matters. Um, and UNC is, I think, more motivated tonight than Syracuse. What number would you play that up to? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. All right, cool. I was just uh... – Curious to see there because you got it out of Pickham, so you have a great number on that game. Um, so clearly the, the number has gone against uh, if you like UNC, but it's still in range of betting. So let's go to the next one, Pac-12 game here, Arizona at Oregon. Oregon, a four-and-a-half-point home favorite. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. What, what do you think? <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible with the Pac-12, man. I'm just brutal. Yeah, I love I love the Pac-12. Um, I got to go in and see what my splits are conference by conference. Maybe that'll be my, my assignment for the day because I got nothing else going on. Um, I like Arizona. Uh, this is this is it for them. Um, this is their last game of the season. Are you uh, nervous that you're on uh, three three uh, road teams right off the bat? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Good. You should um, be. That was the right answer. No, I'm not. I think. I mean, usually, like, that would freak me out. Um, and, it, you know, it kind of it, – it does give me some pause, but they're not, like, six-and-a-half-point road favorites. You know, it's a road dog and two pickums on the road, basically. So, yeah. Um, I think Arizona's going to dominate on the glass. They're not going to turn it over. They've got a really good point guard named James Akinjo. I think Sean Miller's going to get everything out of this team. They lost, basically, on a buzzer beater to Oregon last time. Um this is the last stand for Arizona. This is it. This is the end of their season. They don't, they're not playing in the Pac-12 tournament. They're not playing in the NCAA tournament. They banned themselves. 
so I think they come in. I think they come in motivated. Uh, they give it everything that they've got um, in this game. I think they have the talent to compete with Oregon. I think there's talent that is any team in the Pac-12. Um, I think four and a half or better, three and a half or better, it's a play. Uh, I just – it feels like Arizona has the athleticism, the, um, the guard play, the – interior strength uh, and I think the physicality that may make life difficult for Oregon um, so yeah I like Arizona I think that they've got a lot to play for tonight this is it you know this is the final this is the final stand um, on their 2020-2021 season so I think they're going to give their their A plus effort tonight. Speaking of Arizona the Arizona Cardinals just signed J.J. Watt Wow. Yeah three years thir- or two years 31 million Wow yeah okay yeah speaking of it um okay now here's the real game of the night we're gonna be talking about Rutgers at Nebraska Nebraska is an eight point home favor or home underdog sorry eight point home underdog um and they just lost Teddy Allen the news came out this morning that their best player Teddy Allen is stepping away from the program um I don't know what to make of that um other than now they're down their best player but they beat Minnesota over the weekend in a game where Teddy Allen had zero points. So I don't really know what to make of that and how to build that into the line. I think the number has moved a half a point since that news came out and maybe a full point. Um, What are your thoughts here, Justin? Um, I think it's addition by subtraction. Yeah. Uh, I think Teddy Allen's a black hole on offense. I've watched him play a ton. He takes a billion bad shots. Uh, for a guy who has such a high usage rating, his offensive rating is pathetic. Um, right. So, yeah, he's capable of getting red hot and keeping Nebraska in games, and he did that. He went for 40 in what was a close loss to Penn State. But when he's not on the floor, the ball moves better. Um, they look better. They look more cohesive offensively. So I don't see this as, like, a, a huge drop-off. Like, it's not like Nebraska has zero players. They just have a bunch of solid players that – are struggling to kind of fit in together and are getting better over the last month. This is not going to be an easy game for Rutgers. Um, Nebraska just beat Minnesota. They've won at Penn state. They took Illinois to overtime. They nearly beat Penn state at home a few weeks ago. Like this is, I mean, this is not a bad Nebraska basketball team. Um, So I don't want to, I don't want to say like, Oh, Rutgers minus eight. Like I, there's probably some betting value on the, on the Cornhuskers um, to be honest. Like, Rutgers isn't a great three-point shooting team. Um, Nebraska will force you to take threes because they have kind of a, a sloppy, like, junk defense that that will kind of bait you into taking a lot of long-distance shots. And I don't think that really – I don't think that suits Rutgers' game. Um, I think the, this, the key to success tonight for Rutgers is they got to find a way to get the ball in the paint um, and force Nebraska to turn it over. And if they do that, I think they'll be in good shape. But Nebraska has some players, Kobe Webster, Trey McGowans, Delano Banton, like – Lat Mayan, you know, they, they've got some dudes and they're going to be better next year. And I think yeah. that they're trending upwards. So I don't think the Teddy Allen news is, is a big deal. I think that they're, to be honest, he's not a guy I would like playing with. So I'm right, sure right. That they're, not, they're not dreading they're not it. Crying. And in, in a weird way, it may be a, another motivation factor for them. So all this bullshit that I'm seeing on Twitter, uh, the Jake texted me like, oh, like, no, nope, this guy is <sighs> not. This is not like, this is not like Minnesota showing up without Marcus Carr. It's not like Iowa showing up without Luca Garza, or you know what I mean. Like that's not what yeah. this. Right, right. Not right, like Purdue right. without Trevion Williams. Like it, Ohio State without EJ Liddell. That's not what this is. Indiana without Trace Jackson Davis. No, it's not. It's not like that at all. It's like yeah. 
I'm trying to, to figure out a way to like what a good, it's like, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a, like a bad, a bad superstar in the NBA that just takes a bunch of shots, you know, and just gets his points by, by like Russell Westbrook. Yes. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like the wizard showing up without Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So, which I don't like, I mean, I don't think that's really that big a deal. Um, so Teddy Allen, like, look at the, yeah, you can look at like the, the, the basic stats. Yes. He shoots 38% from three is a good shooter. Um, yes. He's their leading scorer, but like, I don't think he's their best player. He's not very good defensively. He's turnover prone. Like he tries to do too much. He takes a bunch of shots. Like he's not him. Like that's their high usage player. Who's not a very big factor going out. And I think that will disperse their, the, the shot attempts for guys that are more capable or just as capable like Banton, McGowan's Webster, Thor Bjarnarsson, like they're not right. This is not an easy game tonight for Rutgers. So I, I there's this sentiment going on and I know I'm rambling a little bit about it, but there's the sentiment going around that Rutgers has a great chance to secure their first NCAA tournament berth since 1991. Cause they're at Nebraska and Nebraska is out their best player, blah, 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 blah. I don't think that Teddy Allen is their best player. Their leading scorer is not always the best player. And um, I just, I'm worried. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Do we we know why Teddy Allen stepped away from the program? Is there any, because he probably, because he has a, you know, a a confidence complex and um, the leading scorer played 10 minutes in the win. That's my guess. No word on it, but like he's been a bit of a head case all season long. So I'm, I'm not surprised. Like I said, I think it's addition by subtraction and I would not, Feel the only, I would not feel good. You are not overlooking the Cornhuskers tonight. No, and I think the line the the line is cooking in his the fact that he's not he's not in, and I think that that is trouble. I think that means Sharp Better should probably come back on on Nebraska. Right, right, right. Okay, fine, fair enough. Um, that's about as close to a play Justin will give out against Rutgers as uh as he will without actually saying it. But um, I like the analysis. Um. Go are you just need it tonight. And like we always say, we don't care how much they win by as long as they win. So um, right. next game up, Washington State at Arizona State. Going back to the Pac-12, Mr. Santube's moneymaker conference. Um, Arizona State, a four and a half point home favorite. You like the Sun Devils or are you backing your boys at Wazoo State? Um, uh, so these two teams played the other day. Um, yep. Um, Arizona State won in overtime. Yep. <laughs> Are you zagging? I don't know. I don't really feel great about it. Um, yeah. Probably staying away. These are two kind of miserable Pac-12 teams. Anything can really happen. I think I think Washington State's a more complete team, but Isaac Bonton, their star point guard, is still kind of coming back from injury. Like that's a concern. Uh, if he plays, like I may, I may just give it a shot at plus four and a half, zigzag. But I don't know. It's a three o'clock game, so like, yeah, an afternoon delight. Like I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. I just um, I really don't have much. Like I I think that that. No, that's okay. State, that's all right. Arizona State is capable of blowing this fucking thing out, and I just <sighs> nothing. No play. Okay. Fine. Fine. And do you have any other plays? There's a couple more games we can talk about if we want to, like UMass at. St. Louis or Dayton at St. Bonaventure, anything there? No, it's just, you know, the, the bubble is really interesting right now. So, like, St. Bonaventure can't lose that game. 
and St. Louis can't lose that game. Um, like, just interesting. Um, I think Virginia probably kicks the shit out of Miami tonight. Uh, the spread is 13 and a half. I'm not sure that's enough. Um, but I don't think I'm going to play it just because when it comes to big numbers, I'm not like really that confident. Um, so no, not really anything. I think the, the, the slate tomorrow night is pretty spectacular. Uh, Baylor, West Virginia, Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin, Purdue. So like wildly good slate tomorrow night. Um, so let's just be, be ready for that. Um, like, holy shit, Matt, tomorrow night's slate is crazy, dude. I know. I'm you, so excited. Baylor, West Virginia, Illinois, Michigan, Wisconsin, Purdue, Indiana, Michigan State, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Duke, Georgia Tech, Arkansas, South Carolina, Auburn, Alabama. Really good slate. And we got golf right down tomorrow. Damn right. Huge Tuesday pod coming. Uh, The Tuesday pod is always our big pod other than Saturdays. So we will be back tomorrow morning recording this next episode, and it's going to be a great one. Uh, PGA looking to go four of six now. Mr. Santoop is, whoo, that is, that is fresh. Um, and we'll also be doing the Super Tuesday slate. So it'll be an awesome, awesome episode and good episode today. It was fun to break down this ma- massive, massive weekend and a couple good games tonight. So Mr. Santoop, any final words, parting words? Um, no, no parting words. Uh... Upstream red team. Yes. I mean, this is, this is, uh, just go, go You're get nervous. Them. You're nervous about this game. Tonight, I can tell. House. I mean, how could I not be? Yeah. Yeah. How could I not be? It's been, I know. I hear you. It's been a lifetime of, of, of almost, Disappointment. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I said almost, um, yeah. and like last year they won the game on the road that they needed to win to get in. And then the dance didn't happen. Um, they got to do it tonight. So I'm nervous. I'm very nervous, but I am, it's a nervous energy. Uh, you know, you're nervously optimistic. I, I mean, I'm just, yeah, yeah. you're all over the place. Yeah. All right. Well, we will discuss hopefully a big tournament clinching win tomorrow. Fingers crossed.